You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. I'm so glad you joined me today. We're talking about trials and temptations and how we use our faith to overcome them, not just to get out of them, not just to get back where we were before they started, but actually to move miles down the road than if they'd never happened at all. And that's the thing I want to show you through this series. Uh, Every man is tempted, James 1.14 says this, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You cannot be tempted without lust. And, you know, when I use the word lust, most people think about sexual sin because that's the word most commonly associated with sexual sin is lust. But you can lust after apple pie. Uh, You can lust after power. You can lust after uh, more money than what you should have. Uh, You can lust after any number of things. People lust after fame. Uh, So lust is a very strong desire, but it is a desire that is not regulated and controlled. Now, the desires that God put into every part of your being, you have heart's desires, uh, you have desires mentally, socially, and you have desires of your flesh. For instance, the desire to eat, that is not an evil desire, but it can be if our eating is uncontrolled if we do not regulate ourselves. Uh, The desire for the opposite sex, to be married, to want to have a family. For this God, uh, cause God said, uh, shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave after his wife and to his wife. That means he chases her. Uh, The husband chases her. And uh, uh, so that that desire is God-ordained. It's when it falls outside the boundaries of what God has established for sexual relationship, that's when it becomes sin. And what happens when people do pursue outside the boundaries, they can never get enough. When a person goes chasing money, uh, there, there, there's a legitimate desire to have enough money to pay your bills, take care of your family, be good to other people, be able to give to God. Uh, that's a legitimate desire. But when you want more, 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 and no matter what you get, it's never enough. When that's how you pursue that becomes lust and it becomes sinful. So what the enemy does, he takes a legit desire and he pushes it till it's out of control. It's unmanaged. It has no boundaries. And you know, you can see God dealing with Adam in the Garden of Eden in the most amazing way. And he puts two trees, and think about this, not one, Two trees in the middle of the Garden of Eden. There is the tree of life, and most people forget about that one. If you eat its fruit, you will live forever. And that's why after Adam sinned, God had to keep him from going back to the tree of life because had he eaten the tree of life after he sinned, he would live forever, but eternally separated from God. God didn't want that to happen for him. 
And so God put guardians on the tree of life after the sin of man. Now we're told now in uh, the book of Revelation that when we come to heaven, we're going to have free access to the tree of life. Why? We're right with God. And so the tree of life was in the middle of the Garden of Eden. It had amazing power. There was also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, two trees. God told Adam, out of all the trees of the garden, including the tree of life, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat thereof, and the day you eat, you die. And uh, so Adam disobeyed God. He began to go after that tree. And when he did, he was sorely disappointed. It wasn't everything he thought it was going to be. And so when that happens, when you go after something and it's not quite all you hoped it was, there are two things. You either retreat from it totally, never go after it again, or you go for more. And that's what happens with so many people. They keep going for more, 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 more. And that's when desires become lust. So we all have the capacity for lust because we have desires. So Satan uses legit desires out of boundaries to tempt us, which means then I can only be tempted by something that has an appeal to me. There's some temptations that I will never know because it has no appeal to me. I've never been tempted to rob a bank. When I go to the bank, I don't have to say, thou shalt not steal, get behind me, Satan. I don't have to do that uh, because I have control in that area. I, I'm, that's not a problem for me. Obviously, some people have trouble with stealing and, and robbing and so forth. That's not an issue for me. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 3, among whom also... We all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as others. So you can have out-of-control desires from your flesh, but also from your mind, because your mind can crave things just like your flesh does. And if they're out-of-control desires, they become lusts, and Satan will use those to steal, kill, and destroy from you. So how do we control this? Well, when we're born again, we are given power from God to deal with the outer man and to deal with your mind. And so I have to deal with my mind. I recognize when my mind is being hit with temptation and I've learned how to take my mind, take it over and control it and not allow it to wander there. I've learned how to deal with my flesh, to put it under. Paul said, I keep my body under. He didn't say, I keep my spirit under. He said, I keep my body under. See, when you're a born again child of God, you don't have to keep your spirit under. Your spirit is where the life comes from. Your born again spirit is where the power of God comes from. You've been born again. You don't have to keep that part under. He said, I keep my body under lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. In other words, you are a reject if you're a born again Christian and you don't keep your body under. Now I say reject, you lose your influence. It doesn't mean that you're totally lost. It just means that you lose your influence. You lose your place. It, you become full of shame. You may lose your marriage. You may lose a position in a company. You maybe get fired from your job. Uh, so we have to learn how to deal with the flesh. And I can tell you, anytime you yield to the flesh, you are going to suffer loss. So temptation has to have an appeal to, to you. Now, 
If temptation works through our desires, and our desires are in the body and in the mind, it also means this, they will also appeal to your feelings. So when you are tempted, you will not only have the thought of doing a certain thing, you will feel like doing it. Now this is where a lot of people get into trouble. They think that because they feel like doing something that they've automatically lost. It's already over. I might as well go ahead and do this because I really feel like doing it. There have been temptations that I have resisted that I really and truly wanted to do. And I felt like doing them, but I got a hold of my mind and of my body and I resisted this. So you are not guilty of the temptation until, or of the sin unless you choose to act. And you can choose to act either in your imagination or you can choose to act physically and in actuality. Now, Christ subjected himself to temptation in order to show us how to beat it. Uh, Matthew 4.1, listen to this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now that's a curious thing because in the Lord's Prayer, in um, the book of Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And yet right here, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So what's going on here? Well, Jesus didn't have any lust. Lust is something that can only happen to a fallen human being. Jesus was not fallen. He was a human being, but he was in total innocence. In other words, the sin that comes onto you and me comes through our fathers. It's passed to us through our fathers. Jesus was born of a virgin, but his father, who was God, did not pass death and sin onto him. Jesus was planted in the womb of Mary, and therefore he was completely free from sin and death, meaning death had no power over him. Jesus could not be killed. There were over a dozen different attempts by the devil to kill him in his life, and, and, and until Jesus allowed death to take him in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, death couldn't touch him. And so Jesus was freed from death. He was free from disease. Jesus didn't get sick. Jesus would have lived on had he not gone to the cross because there's no reason that he should have died. Death comes on all that sinned. Where did Christ sin? He never sinned. And so death had no call to take him. Couldn't. Wanted to, but couldn't. He became obedient to death, the Bible says. He surrendered to the power of death. And so that's what we see in, in this temptation. Jesus had to be uh, put in a weakened state. Had to fast for 40 days. Fasting and being alone for a long period of time won't strengthen you. It'll actually weaken you. And that's what happened. Jesus was weakened during this time period. Now you fast here and there, a day here, a day there, a few days here and there. Yes, uh, you know, you'll get uh, closer to God, but these prolonged fasts, unless God is really in them, and I don't believe most of the time He is, I, 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 Jesus was led here to be weakened. Uh, you know, Moses fasted 40 days a couple of times, but he was in the presence of God, didn't even have to eat. Elijah, very similarly, had uh, angels' food that kept him from uh, being overcome. So here is Jesus being led into the wilderness, fasting for 40 days to be tempted of the devil. Be careful about those long, long fasts. Christ had no lust in his flesh, so he became weakened in order that temptation could come at him. Now listen to what the temptation is. 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, 
the lust of the flesh. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. The Bible says he's very hungry. Actually, this hunger is stronger than sexual temptation. So this is the lust of the flesh. Turn these rocks into bread. And had Jesus done it, probably would have killed himself because eating solid food after so long a fast would not have been good for his body. There could have been a violent reaction. The lust of the eyes. Satan gave him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I'll give them to you if you fall down and worship me. So there is the lust of the eyes. And then the pride of life. Why don't you prove that you're the son of God? Jump off the pinnacle of the temple. Let the angels catch you. That's the pride of life. Satan made an appeal to Jesus pride of, uh, uh, and tried to lure him into that. And it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. So the three toughest temptations that any of us can face, they're all in three categories. By the way, uh, every temptation falls in one of these three categories. If a temptation comes at you, it's the lust of the flesh, or it's the lust of the eyes, or it's the pride of life. Jesus was tempted in all three, and yet he did not sin. Now, he did this so that he could become our high priest. A high priest is a person who comes out from a group who knows the feelings and the infirmities of that group. Jesus came out of humanity, and he is our high priest because he knows what we go through in humanity. He feels the human condition. Jesus went to uh, funerals. Jesus saw children pass away. Jesus saw people suffer with disease. He went through all of these things. He knows the human condition. Jesus no doubt saw people that he knew who committed adultery. He saw what it did to their families. Jesus saw the pain and the hurt from the sins that people uh, committed. But he still chose to identify with human beings. He could have, you know, people were at their worst when Jesus went to the cross, and yet he still went anyway. Uh, his own band uh, denied him, forsook him. One of his own betrayed him. Uh, he did not get justice at all. Uh, people were totally hypocritical. Uh, no doubt there was probably a temptation. Why don't you give up on these rascals called humans? But he didn't because he was committed to redeeming us, and he cared about it. He was at his best when we were at our worst. Never forget that. So we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. And he did that for you and me because he cares so much for us. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We will pick up here again tomorrow. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.